This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Did you all enjoy last week celebrating the resurrection of Jesus? Wasn't that awesome? Thank God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. What a blessing. So today, here we are again, and so we just want to welcome all of you that came this morning uh, be a part of the service. I've been trying to get people to turn the fan speed down a little bit outside, but nobody seems to be uh, <laughs> taking me up on it. You know I mean? You know, can't we have medium or low or something like that? But not so much. So anyway, here we are. So again, thank you for being here today. Y'all ready to receive a good word? I believe God's got something for you. Amen. And also, we want to welcome all of you that are watching online. Delighted you can be with us. Hope you got a Bible there someplace. And uh, you can look into the Word of God along with the rest of us, and we can be nourished in the way of truth. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. How many of you like being free? You know, think about that with me. He said, you shall be my disciples, truly be my disciples. What does it mean to be a disciple? By definition, what's that mean? Well, you're a follower, but you're a disciplined follower. Everybody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, some folk, they don't like, and I don't care if you're a sinner or saint, they don't like that discipline stuff too much. Huh? Why? Because your flesh has a mind of its own. I don't know if you knew that or not. It's like when you gained consciousness this morning and you were supposed to get up and you didn't want to. You know, you're with me. But yet, right on the other hand, he, he calls upon us to be disciplined followers of him. That means we do what he says. We do his bidding. We obey him. We don't listen to the world. We don't listen to what other people are talking about. Praise God. We listen to him. Amen. And when we do that, guess what? It always turns out better. How many of you discovered that? So thank God we have his word. And uh, I tell you, it's the most precious and valuable thing that you will ever possess in all your life is God's living word, you know, because he sends his word and heals us, delivers us, blesses us. It's through the Word of God, the Bible says, that we're begotten again or born again by the Word of truth. Hallelujah. So God's living Word is the answer to every problem you'll ever have in your life. You say, well, I can't find it in the Bible. Well, that means you haven't been looking. Thanks for your enthusiasm. (laughs) Praise God. Because the Bible is a treasure trove of truth. And He's given us everything that we need. Everything. Everybody say, I got it all. I mean, if you're a child of God, you've got it all. Now, maybe you're not looking in the right spot, or maybe you know your perspective and view of things a little bit jaded because of this, that, or the other that's gone on in your life, but the truth will make you free. Hallelujah. The Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And I don't know about you, but I like that. Are you listening to me? If you want to give me a piece of flank steak versus a, a filet, I know which one I will choose. Are you listening to me? You say, well, I don't much eat steak. Well, then be a vegan or whatever you want to do. But I'm just telling you that there are better parts or cuts, you know, than there are others. And I I like God's best. How about you? So I tell you what, let's obey the Bible. If you haven't been obeying the Bible, you know, there's no shame. But come on, get on the right train here. Come on. You know, well, I can't. Well, that's not true either. 
You say, well, what's this all about? Well, this is the appetizer. You say, well, I don't like, I don't like, well, then don't eat any more of it. Just watch everybody else. Hallelujah. You say, well, you're not being very kind. You know, sometimes people don't need kindness. They need the truth. Are you listening to me? Yeah? Hallelujah. Vegetables. Yeah. All right, enough. Let's open our Bibles. How about that? Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans, the 8th chapter. And uh, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's position our hearts here this morning that uh, <clears throat> we're going to get something from heaven. Hallelujah. Let's, let's believe God that we, from the inside out, will be altered, changed, transformed by what it is that God says in His Word to us today. Does that sound all right to you? You know, I mean, praise God. I mean, we might as well drive a stake in the ground and see some movement. Huh? You ever heard that before? You know, where you can drive a stake in the ground to see them move? In other words, ain't much movement. Okay, well, maybe you'll get that later. Anyway, you know, uh, I want us to, I want there to be movement. Don't you want there to be movement? I mean, there's dreams and plans and things that God wants to do in your life. And uh, he wants to bring things to pass in your life. Hallelujah. And a lot of us, we've been parking by our failures or parking by something that someone said or, you know, whatever it is that didn't go right or, you know, I just, I missed the train or whatever. The, you didn't miss nothing, man. Praise God. God can redeem anything if you'll just get on board. But that attitude is what keeps you where you are. And God doesn't want you to stay there. I said, God doesn't want you to stay there. Praise God. You know, it's like those lepers, you know, that were sitting outside the city. They said, how long are we going to sit here until, you know, until we die? Let's at least go in. We'll give ourselves up, you know. And, and I mean, if they kill us, we're no worse than we are right now. We're starving to death. But there had to be movement. And so many times in Christian people's lives, you know, they want God to bless them, but they don't want to do anything. Again, thank you for that excited, that, that burst of, you know, excitement there. Yeah. No, the Bible says that he will bless the work of your hand. I'll tell a quick story about myself, you know, and it's, it, I'm not proud of it, but it's just where I was and what I knew. You know, talking about knowing the truth and the truth make you free. I'd, I'd, I'd come up into the charismatic movement, you know, and was listening to word of faith preachers and things. And, you know, they're preaching about the just shall live by faith. Well, that's in the Bible, isn't it? Well, what does that mean by definition to live by faith? Does that mean that we just, you know, we're waiting on God? You know, he's going to bring us bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening. We don't have to do anything, you know, because after all, God wants to bless us. Well, that's true. God wants to bless us. Isn't that right? Well, so unfortunately, I got the idea that, you know, you didn't really have to do anything. You just believe God and he'd take care of everything else. Well, all I did was go broke. Huh? And then started mooching off everybody else in the name of Jesus. Finally, I had to go all the way to Brookings, South Dakota to find a scripture in the Bible that says, if a man doesn't work, neither shall he eat. I could have saved myself a trip because I tell you, that trip, it was cold. I had a little Datsun 280Z. This thing was like a tin can, but they sold them for a lot of money. You know, a little sports car. It was awesome, you know. But the heater, I mean, it was like, what are we doing up here? Just colder than cold. But nevertheless, I go all the way up there. 
uh, to find this scripture, actually a, a brother in the Lord. I mean, I couldn't even tell you who he was, what his name was, where he came from, or anything. But he, he said, can I, can I show you a scripture, you know? And he just showed me a scripture. You know, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. I go, wow, I've never seen that before. And then there's another scripture he showed me that if you don't, you know, care for your own, that you're worse than an unbeliever. I'd never seen that scripture. How many of you know there's some stuff in the Bible? I said, there's some stuff in the Bible. You know what I did? I went home and went to work. Because God blesses the work of your hand. Now, we have a government that's paying us not to work. Now, you can do that if you want to, but I can tell you right now, the end result of that is not good. Are you listening to me? I mean, some of the things that the devil has instigated within the economy of our, our nation and even the world globally and things like that. I mean, the whole thing is set on fire of hell. Are you listening to me? And a lot of people are buying into it. They don't want to work. They're lazy. You know, the Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs about a sluggard. He said, I went by the way of a sluggard. And he said, you know, I, I took notice when I went there. Because his vineyard was all grown over with vines, the walls were all knocked and torn down, and there were weeds and everything growing everywhere. In other words, this guy hadn't done a thing to something that was potentially capable of producing and, and being able to bless him. And he said, I took notice. You know, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. And so shall poverty come on you like an armed man. Huh. So we have to work. That's my message. Okay, let's everybody stand. No, that's not what I was going to do. <clears throat> you know, the thing about this is that I'm, I so appreciate the Spirit of God. Because what I just got done communicating with you may have application to only one person. Or three. But yet God is interested in providing you with an answer about all your complaining, your moaning, your groaning, your griping, and all of those other things about why things aren't working out for you. And he just got done telling you. And it's free. So if you're of the mindset, you know, well, I kind of like this whole, you know, the, the government just gives me money and I don't have to do anything, you might want to get your tune changed. Now, you know, for most of us, we've never known anything like that in our lives. I mean, we've always understood, you know, that you have to work and you have to put away and you have to save and all of those different kinds of things so that you can enjoy the good life. And God wants you to enjoy it. All right. God's not opposed to it. Anybody that comes along and tells you, you know, well, God never promised you that. Well, again, they need to read the word of God. Got time for another scripture? Hold your finger there in Romans chapter 8. Let's go over here to Ecclesiastes. You say, Ecclesiastes, where in the world is that? It's back there where all the pages are stuck together. Okay, Ecclesiastes, and, and this, is, uh, this is off script here, so I'm going to have to do a little hunting myself. Uh, yeah, chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 18. Behold that which I have seen. It is good. Everybody say, it is good. It is good and comely or proper 
for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor, everybody say labor, that he takes under the sun all the days of his life, which God gives him, for it is his portion. To every man also to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. Hallelujah. So if we establish a new thought in our thinking here today or this morning, there's really nothing wrong with you and your family living the good life. Okay? So we'll just put away all the rest of it, you know. And, and the truth of the matter, we say this all the time, you know, in the context of reasoning and things. If I don't have anything, I don't have anything to share. You know, if my hand's out, then I can't, you know, help somebody else. But if I have resource, if I have something, then when someone comes along and has a need, I can help to facilitate that need. Are you with me? So <clears throat> I think it's just important, you know, to have a, a balanced understanding about, and I don't, again, I don't even know why I'm getting off on this, but you know, there's a, there's a need in people's lives to, to, to change the way that you think. Are you with me? Now, <clears throat> again, whenever it comes to money, uh, money can be, a, it can be a funny thing uh, with people. Because it gets a hold of them. And again, the uh, book of Proverbs, you know, talks quite a bit about that. But <clears throat> God wants to use you as a conduit, you know, to be able to bless the world that is around you, the people that are around you, you know, to be generous. You know, really, when you read in the scriptures, whenever it says a good man, really, by definition, that's a person who's generous. You know, I know some people, you know, they're so tight, they squeak when they walk, you know? I know there are probably some people that they probably have the first dollar that they've ever made. Well, God bless you. I'm glad you could save. But yet right on the other hand, praise God, there's nothing like being generous to the people that are around you. Amen? Hallelujah. So when God calls upon us to do something, you know, to help somebody else, let's, let's be available. Amen? Praise God. Now, you know, there are those, you know, that are in the world and all they're, all they're really after is a handout. You know? I'm not, I'm not expecting you to take care of them at all. Are you with me? And neither is heaven. Are you with me? Glory to God. <laughs> yeah, amen. Praise God. So, <clears throat> hallelujah. What'd you feed me for breakfast this morning? <laughs> Not a thing, right? Okay, hallelujah. I tell you what, I live in wedded bliss. Did you know that? I'm telling you, Tommy, I mean, life is so good. She's so ornery, you know, but I'm telling you, life is good Amen. with her. I hope life is good with you. It should be. It can be. It ought to be. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <clears throat> how do you want it? That's how you're going to have it, man. Huh? 
say, well, I didn't ask for all this. Really? Well, maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're getting exactly what you're asking for. You say, well, how do you define that? Well, I don't know. You just kind of work that out for yourself. Hallelujah. You know, if we just do what the Bible says, we'd be a lot better off. Amen? If men or husbands would love their wives and the wives would respect their husbands. Huh? We wouldn't have to fight. Think about that. We wouldn't have to give each other the silent treatment for three days. And finally come to the place where you know you need to repent and get back together again. Now I know, I know, none of you have ever done that, okay? I'm just talking about the folks that aren't here today, okay? <clears throat> Human nature is just that, and it can, it can lead you astray. That's why the Apostle Paul said that we're to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. Listen to what it is that God said in those moments when you would rather do something else. I didn't say it was easy, but i tell you what, the end result sure is good. Amen. You know, God wants us to be trained and learn how to live our lives and not react, but rather respond in an appropriate kind of way. Are you listening to me? You know, for example, you know, a lot of times people, they're, uh, we were just talking, oh, I was at my hairdresser, okay? And uh, I, she got off on this deal about um, a conservative person that was really kind of, how shall I describe it, uh, ornery. Okay, that's a polite way of putting it. But anyway, this person had some real <clears throat> kind of derogatory things to say. And as a result, you know, uh, uh, this gal I was talking to, she was, well, I, I think she was kind of offended by it. And I said, ah, oh, Steph, I said, you know, you just got to understand, man. People, I said, don't take it personally. People are mad. They're angry. You know, the joy of the Lord is not their strength. Are you listening? You know, and so, uh, oh, yeah, I suppose you're right. You know, and we talk some more about it. And hey, <laughs> that's new. Everybody in that booth going, wasn't me, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. It's probably somebody in the back room, couldn't have been, yeah, whatever. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I thought maybe that was my cue, supposed to start singing or something, I don't know. Hallelujah. But you know, here, listen, you guys, just because people are angry doesn't mean you have to be. Huh? You know, it's just like in that situation, you know, I could have jumped right in, you know, and this and that and the other. But isn't it better, you know, to have a soft answer that turns away wrath and to diffuse whatever it is that, you know, people are upset about? You know, the Bible says you and I are the salt of the earth and we are, praise God, the light of the world. So let's give them a good answer when these things come about. What do you say? All right, let's, let's go back to uh, Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> and I'm going to share this scripture with you. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to cinch up your, your saddle, tighten that baby up, because once we get to going, I don't have a lot of time because I've been um, meandering here to, to help some of you. Now, listen, I'm telling you, you know, we, we're, 
we're making light of it. But I'm telling you, the Spirit of God just talked to a bunch of you about some stuff in your life. And if you'll listen to what you just got done hearing and do it, everybody say do it. If you'll do it, it'll change your life. Are you with me? And it, 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 I, I, it amazes me sometimes. I mean, I get done with these things, and I think to myself, where in the world did that? Well, I know where it came from. But God's trying to help you. So, Selah. You say, what in the world does that mean? I just think about it. Okay? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you for our time together today. In the Word of God, Father, we just thank you that there's such instruction for life. And we ask you, Father God, to bless What it is that we're about to say, give us utterance in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father God, again for eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Let me share a verse of Scripture with you. I find it so interesting. Now, uh, our music director, Linda, and I had no conversations whatsoever, but she sings, or they, I should say, the department, sings this first song, which is my text for today. Isn't that wild? Isn't that just like God? Notice with me, if you would, please, in uh, Romans chapter 8 and uh, verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What then shall we say to these things? If God before us, who then or what can be against us? Now, let me ask you an important question. Do you believe that God is for you? Now, let me ask you again. Think about it. It's not a trick question. But really, do you believe that God is for you? Okay? And the reason that I, is I emphasize that is a lot of people, they will mentally agree, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe, I believe he's for me. Yeah, I, I believe that. But yet, right on the other hand, all the rest of their conversation is about how come God, you know, why God isn't doing this and that and the other, and if God loves me and all of these different kinds of things, that they, they missed the essence of what it is the, the Apostle Paul is trying to say here, and he's reasoning with you and I, and he's saying, if God is for us, who can be against, what can be against us? Notice in the next verse, in 32, he says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us All things. Hallelujah. I tell you, God will supply your every need. And it is reflected in what you and I celebrated last week when Jesus was raised from the dead, but God the Father gave him as a ransom for all. Everybody say it together. The Lord Lord. is on my side. He's for you. Hallelujah. It doesn't make any difference what's going on. You know, the fact of the matter is it doesn't even make any difference how screwed up you are and how much you're missing it and, 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 and making a mess out of things. He's still for you. Are you with me? Say, well, I'm not doing that. Good. That's great. <laughs> that moves you a long ways ahead. 
But some folks, you know, they have all kinds of self-destructive kinds of behaviors and, you know, desires where their flesh is concerned and, and it, 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 it drives them into ruin. But yet, even in that, God is still on your side. He's still for you. Why? Because he, he paid a price, man, so that you and I could have life and life more, but life as he knows it. And you know, for those that have been born of the Spirit of God, many of them have fallen away, and they're not really living for God. They're certainly not disciples. You know, they may have salvation in the context that, you know, God dwells within them, but they've let the world and everything around them get a hold of them. And so consequently, they're missing out on the blessing of God going through their entire life, you know, without what it is that God wants to do for them, because irregardless, He's on their side. He's for them. He wants to turn their captivity. He wants to bring blessing. Oh, my dear brother and sister, if you would just believe what it is that the Scriptures tell us, how life could be so much more different. But you know, human reasoning and all kinds of ideas, you know, that the world comes up with and religion and different things keeps people in a box. And keeps them from being able to enjoy what it is that Christ has provided for them. As we again, you know, talk about the effects of the, the resurrection. I mean, it opened the door. So that you and I could have access into the salvation of God. To literally be saved from destruction. To be saved from perishing. From, to be saved from going to hell. That's what the resurrection did. I mean, it's wild when you think about what it is that Christ did on the cross. And thinking also about redeeming men from the destructive nature of sin. I was never so glad, glory to God, to be set free from the dictates and the tyranny of sin. He said, sin shall not have dominion over you. So my brother or sister, praise God, sin comes knocking on your door. You say, passez-vous, man. Go somewhere else. Not here, not my house, not my life. Are you listening to me? He lovingly chose. <laughs> this is amazing. He, he lovingly chose to take up residence within you by the person of the Holy Spirit. So that, praise God, he could make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's amazing. He empowered the believer to carry out kingdom business on the earth before his second coming again. He's given us everything we need. Everybody say it again. I've got it. You say, yeah, but I got this going on. I got that. Before I get, when I get done with you, you ain't going to care. Okay. Because what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to take your mindset and thinking and we're going to put it over here instead of over there. Are you listening to me? We don't, <laughs> it's kind of like the old guy, let's see, what was his name? Uh, <clears throat> Shambach. He said, you don't have any problems. All you need is faith in God. Well, there's some truth to that, right? But, but that's one thing to, you know, know it from a, a legal standpoint and what Christ has done. It's another thing for you to experience it from a vital standpoint. Are you with me? Where it's being lived out within your life. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is going to get better. 
You didn't turn to your neighbor. You just, you just, I'm just talking about something, man. Is it going to get better? Yes, yeah, it's, it's already good. It's going to get better. Glory to God. <clears throat> so when I talk about this stuff that, that, that Christ did on the cross, I mean, the reality is, uh, the reality of these truths ought to bring about a lot of rejoicing and a lot of excitement concerning your present circumstance and your future. Hallelujah. God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think because of the power that works within us. And I believe God wants to. I mean, praise God, he wants to clean house. He wants to make life better. He wants to set you on a different course. He wants you to have life and life more abundant. Come on. Hallelujah. Here, this is what I want you to do. If you're, if you're close to someone, you know, I want you to just reach over and put your hand on their shoulder. Okay, COVID's way past, so you, they won't get nothing. Put it on their shoulder and shake them a little bit. Can you do that? Shake them. Shake them. Do it some more. No, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. <laughs> Again, understanding these things are game changers. They're life changers. And when you know the truth about it, praise God, it causes reason for rejoicing and also excite- and, and excitement. You know, this is the way Peter said it in his letter. He said, though, though you have not seen Jesus or seen him, Though you do not now uh, see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy unspeakable or that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Hallelujah. Jesus talked about when the indwelling presence came in to the disciples that they would have a joy on the inside of them that nobody could take away. When he was raised from the dead and they seen him in his personage Everything changed. Now, there was a lot they didn't know, but I tell you what, they went to learning. And God turned them around and made mighty men and women out of them. Glory to God. Because their Redeemer lived. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead, but I am alive forever. Glory to God. And he said, I have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. So, go. In my name. Hallelujah. Everybody say it together. I've got the victory. you got the victory because of him. In everything where your life is concerned. Hallelujah. And you don't have to be discouraged or in despair. <clears throat> Turn with me to uh, Titus uh, chapter 2. If you can find that opening in your Bibles. Titus chapter 2. If God be for us, who or what can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Now, this is Titus chapter 2, and I want to talk about helping us to position and posture. You know, what have you been thinking about this last week? Well, I've been thinking about my responsibilities. I've been thinking about my job. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about that. Hallelujah. But I mean, you know, just in the, in the quiet time of your life, you know, when it's kicked and neutral and you're not thinking about all those things, how do you think? 
Because the Apostle Paul, when he wrote to the church there in Philippi, he said, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, you need to let these things occupy your thought life. Now, we live in a negative world. How many of you could probably agree with that? But I tell you what, praise God, you don't have to be a negative person. But it does require you to have a certain discipline about your thought patterns, your thought life, and the position that you put yourself in when it comes to your personal life. Because if you dwell on the wrong thing, guess what? It's going to produce a wrong action or reaction. Are you listening to me? So we may have to turn off some of the sources that we have within our lives that aren't necessarily contributing to the welfare and for the good of our lives. Huh? You know, sometimes there's people that that you just don't want to have in your life. It doesn't mean you don't love them. doesn't mean you don't care about them. But you're not going to allow their mess to become yours. Again, in the book of Proverbs, you know, when we read in the Scripture, it says, man, don't, don't, don't become a companion of, of the foolish or uh, those that are, uh, have wrath or whatever the case might be. Because if you, if you do, you'll become like one of them. Huh? So, it's important. Joel, find Titus chapter 2. Notice what it says. I'm reading from the uh, English Standard Version. It says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us. Now, let's go back and let's, I want you to think about this a little bit uh, more closely with me. Notice again, for the grace of God has appeared. Who was that? That was Jesus. Huh? For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ, right? So it says here, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Hallelujah. Training us, King James says, teaching us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So it's basically saying, okay, uh, he came, he gave his life as a ransom for you. He redeemed you, gave you new life. So this is the way we want you to live, right? Training us to put away all of that stuff and live a life that is honorable unto him. And then it says also, the second thing we want to do in verse 13 is waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and purify for himself a people for his own possession, listen to this, who are zealous. Everybody say zealous. Yeah, zealous. When's the last time you've been zealous? I don't know. I just woke up. Hey, God wants you to be zealous of good works. You say, well, what's that mean? Passionate, excited about good works. Oh, Christians, come on now. Some of you, you just got saved. Some of you have been here about five to ten years, maybe 30 more, maybe. Long time. But are we still zealous? Is the joy of the Lord still our strength? Because I tell you what, you look around sometimes, you kind of got to wonder, man. Dude, them people, they need a defibrillator. (laughs) You know? You know what I'm saying? 
We have so much to be happy for. We have so much to have joy for. We have so much to rejoice in. But a lot of times you don't see that in the Christian life and in people. They're all, you know, down in the mouth about this, that, or the other. And the only reason that can happen is because we're believing the wrong things. We're thinking the wrong things. We're listening to the wrong voices. Because I'm telling you what, praise God, our future is bright. So bright. You say, yeah, but the economy. Well, since when does that impact God? Huh? A lot of other things that people, you know, kind of have a way of, yeah. So anyway, when Paul was writing, or when Titus was writing this to the recipients, he said, declare these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority. You know, we don't like to be rebuked. You ever like to be rebuked? No, we don't like to be rebuked. But sometimes we need to be rebuked. Hallelujah. Let no one disregard you. The Christian life is not a bad life. I don't know if you knew that or not. But you know, sometimes you listen to some people and it's like, oh, you know, they're just all down, man. No, dude, glory to God. We have the victory. He's the one that purchases for us. You know? Hallelujah. It is an incredible, glorious life that is reserved and available for those who believe. And I tell you, we have such reason for rejoicing because we have an understanding. You know, there's things you know, you guys. I mean, I mean, hallelujah, you ought to rejoice, glory to God, because you know about salvation. You know about the Holy Ghost. You know about being redeemed. You know about the provision of heaven. You know what it is that he wants to do. I mean, you ought to rejoice, hallelujah, and be glad. Such a reason for rejoicing because we have an understanding of not only the word, but God's plan for our lives. We have a blessed hope. Isn't that what the Bible says? How, how long, when's the last time you dwelt on that a little bit? Huh? What does that mean that there is this blessed hope? Well, the blessed hope of God is the fact that Jesus is coming again. He said, in my father's house, there's many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you, but I, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. And if I go, glory to God, I'm coming again. That's your future. And yet we're moping around, you know, and we're unhappy about this, and my neighbor's that, and you know, whatever. Come on. It's not that bad. Okay, I'm getting no help over there. I said, come on, it ain't that bad. Amen. I haven't convinced you yet, I can tell. When you read in, in Peter's letter, I mean, here's the thing you have to understand, you guys. Yes, we're living in this world, but we're not of it. That's right. And you have to understand that, yes, while you're in this world, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. There are going to be battles. But thank God we're not alone. And we have the truth of his word to be able to, to carry out the battles that we have within our lives. So when Peter is writing, he said, you know... <clears throat> Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again or given us new life, hallelujah, to or because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, hallelujah, to an inheritance, hey, you got something coming, undefiled, huh, 
reserved in heaven for you. And then he goes on to say, he talks about, even though these things are in front of you, your future's bright, it's what it is that God has for a plan, not only in, 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 in the life that's to come, but in this life too. We are not talking about that right now, but it's there. And he says, these things are in front of you, but, but now, well, let's go look at it. Did we read all that? Yeah, we did. Let's go over there. Hallelujah. I want you to see this because we're talking about positioning our, our, ourselves, giving, uh, uh, renewing our mindset. Glory to God forevermore. I tell you what, I've already preached myself happy and I'm not done. It's so good. Everybody say it together. Life is good. You, you got it good. Now, I'm not saying you don't have problems and you don't have stuff, stuff to deal with and whatever, but I'm telling you, life is good. Stop your complaining. Whew. Listen, nobody wants to hear it anyway. Are you listening to me? And you know, people that, you know, they'll get together and they'll whine. Come on, man, come on. Life's too short to whine. All right, anyway, look at this with me. Oh, hallelujah. Well, let's, let's break in here to, uh, in verse the bottom of verse 3. To a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, to an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and fades not away, reserved in heaven for you. But now presently, okay, so he's talking about what's to come, but presently then, he says, who are now... <clears throat> by inference or implication, being kept by the power of God through faith. The way you get kept is through faith. God's power is available to the one who believes. Everybody say, I believe. I tell you what, praise God, you need to start believing that what God promised, he'll do. Unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, verse 6, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season... If need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. That the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold, it perishes, though it be tried with fire, may be found unto the praise, the glory, and the honor and at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Glory to God, you guys. What you want to do, dude, is you want to come up underneath this thing, and you need to say, glory to God, I believe the word of God. I'm gonna, I don't care what people say. I don't care what it looks like. I'm going to trust God. I'm, I'm going to declare what it is that he has promised. Hallelujah. Because it's true. And I may not have it all figured out, but glory to God, I'm making my steps in the right direction. And you know what's going to happen is when Jesus comes, what you have just done is going to be to the praise, the glory, and the honor of him at his appearing because you kept the faith. And you didn't go down some path to whine about whatever it is that you don't have. I tell you what, praise God, I mean, you know, we live in this world and people are so self-absorbed. My God, it's all about me. It's no wonder people are goofed up. What do you think about that? <clears throat> really? We, we, you know, people have themselves so on their hands. They, they couldn't think about somebody else if they tried. 
you know, because it's all about them. That's all I got to say about that. So notice it goes on then says, it talks about who, you know, seeing you believe and uh, rejoice with joy unspeakable, full, full of glory. And then uh, talks about how that the prophets look for this and so on and so forth. And, uh, but I want you to look at verse 13. You ready? So because all that, it says this, wherefore, because of the previous, notice what it says, gird up the loins of your mind and hope, hallelujah, be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I tell you, my friends, I mean, God is going to find a church full of people in this place called Fellowship Church that are faithful to him, that are standing their ground, that are believing God, that trust him in all their ways. And I tell you what, when he comes glory to God, there is going to be a shout like nothing else. Are you listening to me? So we're going to stir ourselves up. Hallelujah. We're going to gird up the loins of our mind. Are you listening to me? And we're going to stop listening to all the things that are going on in the world and what's not going right and all of this. You know, in the uh, English Standard Version, it says, prepare your minds for action. Come on. You know, when I first got saved, man, I mean, I was on fire for God. And I'm still a little on fire, but you know, not maybe as much or whatever. But I tell you what, I, I, I was a problem to the world. I tell you what, we need to become a problem to the world again. Okay, you're trying. I said we need to become a problem to the world. Why? Because of our zeal, because of our rejoicing, because of our excitement of what it is that God has done. I mean, when you're excited, man, you, don't, you look past all the junk and say, hey, yeah, but look at that. Huh? The devil will do everything he can to try to get you settled into a bunch of junk. And then you just park yourself there and just marinate in some not-so-good stuff. Huh? No, let's gird up the loins of our mind. Prepare our, li- our minds for action and be sober and hope to the end. That is, that is to be brought. I mean, it's nearer now than when we first believed. I'm telling you, it's coming, it's coming. He's coming! And so I tell you what, we need to be excited about what it is that God is doing. We have a God that has loved us with an everlasting love from which there is no escape. I mean, if you can't get excited about something, I mean, just think about the love of God that you can't get away from. I mean, you can be the biggest nerd that you could ever possibly be or the biggest loser that you could ever possibly be, and you still can't escape his love for you. Now, when the fire burns, there may not be a whole lot left, but at least you're going to be in the kingdom. Come on now. But you know, we could get some, you know, gold and silver and precious stones that would actually endure the heat by being the people that God wants us to be. You're facing a challenge You know, you're dealing with something. I tell you, you just need to say, God, thank you, Lord. I am not alone in this, that you're on my side. And if God be for me, who in the world can be against me? 
I mean, it doesn't make any difference what it is that you're facing. It doesn't matter how it is that you're having to deal with this, that, or the other. I mean, whatever it is, God is there to help you and to bless you and to bring you, praise God, into the place that he has promised. I tell you what, I mean, come on, child of God. I mean, can you see it? Can you see this? This is what he has destined for you. But you got to stir yourself up. You got to shake that old snake off into the fire. Hallelujah. And, and listen, listen, listen. Oh, you're going to love this. Nobody can do this but you. Are you with me? You know, well, if, if God would just, or if somebody would just, or, you know, how come this or that? No. This is your deal. Hallelujah. And that's okay. Everybody say, it's okay. It's okay. You, you won't die. You can do this. And it's important because of what it is that he has done. You have been purchased with his own blood and made a child of his. He has laid hold of you from which there is no escape. So you might as well give in. Might as well flow with the Holy Ghost. May as well agree with what God says and do what it is that he has promised. Let's look at another verse of Scripture. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews the 10th chapter. Look at this. Hallelujah. How many are you glad you came today? I am. You say, yeah, but you're the one that's doing the delivering. Yeah, I am. But I'm still glad because I like to hear me preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. I can learn something. Huh? You know, guess what? Uh, everybody has to practice this, not just the delivery boy. I mean, not just the people, but the delivery boy. But at least I can get excited, you know, listening to God talk to me. Huh? Notice what it says here in verse uh, 35, Hebrews chapter 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence. People say, well, what do I got to look forward to? What do I got to be happy about? What blah, 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 Shh. You got everything to be happy about. And so he's saying, listen, listen, don't you dare cast away your confidence. Because it has a great recompense of reward for you have need of endurance or patience that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. For yet a little while, listen, for yet a little while, and he that shall come is going to come, and he will not tarry. You, want, you say, well, what's taking him so long? He's waiting for the precious fruit of the earth. That's all. If you would get busy you could probably hasten his coming. Thanks for your enthusiasm. Huh? He's just waiting. Now notice it goes on to say, verse 38, Now, everybody say right now. Right now, the just, those that have been justified by faith, shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of those. Say, no, we're not. We are not of them that draw back unto perdition or destruction. Huh? <laughs> we are of those that, what's that next word? Believe. 
to the saving of the soul. See, if I believe in something, man, I'm excited. Are you listening to me? You talk to Brian Yoder for a minute. And when it comes to hunting and dogs, I mean, this guy goes off the rails. <laughs> Why? Because he's excited about it. Yeah. And he'll talk about guns, you know, till the cows come home. You know, what's that mean? Long time. Why? Because he's excited about it. He believes in it, man. He's not a very good shot, but, you know... <laughs> We went to a gun club here, what was that, three weeks ago? Two weeks ago, my son Brian's not even here. And so we go to this gun club, this is off script, totally whatever. We go to this gun club, we're, gonna, we're shooting uh, chuckers. And um, these things are fast, dude. I mean, like when they get up, you better get on it, all right? So I got my two young boys with me, and we're out there walking around, you know, and, not, and it didn't take very long, you know, but... But I asked my son, I said, which shotgun would you want? I've got a couple different Browning shotguns. And so I gave him his choice. He says, well, I'll take, I have an older one. It's more of a long range, kind of like a goose gun. It's got a full choke on it and things like that. I said, I tell you what, you take this gun and I'll take the other one. We get about halfway uh, through the hunt and we'll just switch. And then you can shoot with the other one. He said, okay, great. So we get out in the field. Sure enough, here they come. And they're over where Brian and Brian are. And the birds are flying, and the guns are flailing, but no, nothing's going down. And this dog literally stops and goes, what are we doing here? You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, I'm out here, I've done my thing, and what's going on? And my son, you know, there was this, we took the plug out of it, so there's five shots in the gun. He, he emptied the gun, and everything just flew away. And he's looking at the gun. <laughs> Bad gun. So I said, it's okay. You know, it's all right. Everything. We load back up. We walk a little ways. And, and uh, I'm not bragging, but I am. Okay. We go a little few more steps. Here comes one. You know, it comes up. And the wind's blowing right to left. And it's just a nice shot. I mean, just a nice, you know, shot. Bam. Killed him. Huh? It was fast. Yeah, it was fast. So anyway, killed the bird. You know, these two are going, <laughs> you know. So we walk not that much further. Here comes a bunch of them, and they're going their way. And again, bam, 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 bam. My son empties the shotgun. He's, he shot 10 rounds now. Hope you're watching, Brian. And uh, he shot 10 rounds, and he ain't got nothing. So he's really thinking, it's a bad gun, bad gun, dad, bad gun. So I walked over to him, and I switched guns with him so he could shoot this other one that I had. And, uh, <clears throat> and I will say, next, next bird that came up, he pasted him with that other gun, okay? But it was a lot of fun, and, and I do have to say in his defense that that Brian Yoder, he, he got onto it, baby. He's got a nice, really nice uh, double-barreled shotgun. And, man, he was, he was clipping them. It was awesome. All right? But I just thought you might want to know that. <laughs> yeah, I clean up. Yeah. You know, when they're missing stuff, you know, and the thing's almost, I don't know how far away, old dead eye. Because <laughs> I got the other gun now. You know, I got this, you know, full-choke gun that'll reach reach out there and touch somebody. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so I just, you know, if they missed him, I killed him. That's all. 
We shot 12 birds, I think, that day, didn't we? Thir well, yeah, 12, 12 to 14 of them. I don't know how many I killed, but <clears throat> it was a lot of them. <laughs> it was fun. You say, what in the world does that have to do with Hebrews chapter 10? Nothing. Absolutely. And I don't even know how I got there. But it was good anyway, right? Didn't you like that story? Just trying to cheer you up a little bit. Glory to God. Well, no, it says, we're not of them that draw back. We are not of those that shrink back and are destroyed, but we are of those who have faith and preserve our souls. Hallelujah. Um, you got to figure out how to, <laughs> how to finish up here a little bit. <clears throat> let's, um, let's look at one more um, portion of Scripture. Turn to 1 Kings real quickly, and let's just look at 1 Kings 17 here for a minute, because I want you to see something, and I'm, pro I'm probably just going to paraphrase most of it for the sake of time, but it's an important message. Remember Elijah? He was a prophet of Israel. There was Elijah, and then there was Elisha. Elisha was the protege of Elijah. And um, um, I want to share this story with you because I think it kind of simulates um, what happens in our lives sometime. So maybe, maybe there's a, a bit of learning that can happen here. Elijah was a prophet of God, and he was a prophet of God in, for the, the people of Israel. And the people of Israel had forsaken God. They weren't keeping his command. They weren't doing the word. They just kind of ran off and started doing their own thing. And they were worshiping Baal or other, other false gods and things of this nature. So when, when that happens, it's true. it was true then as it is true today that when we don't serve the Lord, when we don't follow Him, when we don't walk in His way or we decide that we're going to do something else, we corkscrew ourselves into the ground. And it's not God's fault. Okay? All right. Again, it's not that he doesn't love us. He really does. He wants the best for us, but we have to do it his way. Well, these people, they decided they didn't want to do it his way. So, so they become increasingly corrupt and different things. See, you, you look at the world in which we're living in and the United States of America and things, and please understand there are a lot of God-fearing people out there that serve God, love God, and want the best. Are you listening to me? But there's a whole host of the rest of them, man. They're forsaking God. They're not retaining God in their knowledge. They're not do and that's the reason why you see the consternation and the problems that are going on. The good thing about that is, is God preserves his own in that mess. You with me? So Israel, they get away from God. And, and so uh, <clears throat> judgment comes in the form of famine. And uh, uh, Elijah stands up and tells Ahab, Ahab and Jezebel were husband and wife, and they were an ornery couple. And she was the worst. Ahab was a wimp. You know, he was king, but he was still a wimp. He wanted a guy's vineyard, and he went over and he wanted to buy it. The guy said, I don't want to sell the vineyard. I want to let's keep us my family, you know, and this and that and the other. And so, so Ahab goes in home and starts whining to his wife. And what does she do? She goes out and has the guy killed. And then gives the, says, here. You wanted, a, you wanted a vineyard? Got one. That's the kind of gal she was. Okay? 
So anyway, Elijah says there's a, because, because of the judgment that came on, he said, thus saith the Lord, there'll be no rain upon the land. And then God told him, he said, I want you to go down to uh, uh, the brook Chidron. And he says, uh, I'm going to have the ravens come and uh, feed you bread and flesh in the morning, bread and flesh in the evening, and you can drink from the brook thereof. So he went on his way because they were looking for him and they couldn't find him because he's out there, you know, hiding. Well, the brook dried up. And then the Lord said, I want you to go down to Zarephath because there's a widow down there that I have prepared to take care and sustain thee, you know, until all this has gone on. And so he went there. Why is that important? Because you'll find in those scriptures is, is that God said, I want you here. Go there. What does that mean to you and me? That means whatever God tells you to do, do it. Are you with me? And so he had to go to these places, and when he did, God made sure that he was cared for. And so the widow woman, you know the whole story about that. She had a cake and a little bit of oil, but yet they were sustained by it for many days, the Bible says. All right? So now we're three years down the path here, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God speaks to Elijah and says, uh, 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 go get, you know, call on Ahab and... Uh, and, and deal with this thing. Now, this is an interesting thing because I see this today in our society right now. In Isaiah, the Bible says, woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. And when you watch what's going on and what people are saying in the world, dude, that is exactly what they're doing. Huh? So, it's the spirit of Antichrist. It is the devil personified. It absolutely is. So in this case, Ahab, you know, they finally meet up and Ahab's been looking for him, you know, and can't find him. And, and listen to the words of Ahab the king. He said, is this the guy, is this, do I hear the voice of the guy who troubles Israel? And Elijah turned around and says, I'm not the guy that's troubling Israel. You are. Because you have forsaken God's commandments and you just you laid it out to him. And that's what you hear going on today in our world. It's the same thing. They're liars. There's no truth in them. Are you listening to me? And so it's important for you to understand these things when it comes to how you process the things that are going on in the world. Because they can't tell you the truth. I mean, some of the stuff you hear, I mean, we can't even make this stuff up. It's got to be from hell. Are you listening to me? Well, so anyway, he, he challenges Ahab. He says, go get your prophets of Baal. There's 450 of them. And he said, let's do this. We'll just have a, 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 a runoff here. And uh, they can, you know, offer their sacrifices, build their altar and whatever. And whoever's God answers by fire, let's let him be God. Because he just said, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? How long are you going to, you know, limp along here about what it is that you're believing? I don't want you to do more, no more limping, you guys. If you've been doing any limping someplace, stop it. Okay? Let's just get on with it, praise God, and let's believe God. Well, you know the story. They were out there all day flagellating themselves, throwing themselves on the altar, you know, looking for fire. Nothing ever came. And then at the evening offering, you know, it was Elijah's turn. 
so he prepared this thing and he told the servants, says, go, get, go get some water. And so they brought these big you know, pots of water and poured it all over the sacrifice and all over the wood. He even built a trench around this thing, you know? And he said, that ain't enough, go get some more water. He had them do it three times. So listen, it's wet, all right? And then he prays. And when he prays, the fire of God came down, and it not only took the sacrifice, it took the wood, it took the stones. He had made this thing out of 12 stones representing the tribes of Israel. <laughs> Woo, glory to God, wouldn't you like to have been there? Lapped up the water. I'm telling you, praise God, there was nothing but dust when it got done. And you know what the people said? Oh, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Yeah, you'd think. And then he rounded up all the prophets of Baal and killed them all. All 450 of them. Now you say, well, that seems a little bit uh, extreme. You know, if people do the same thing with sin in their life, they'd be a whole lot better off. That's the whole point. Okay, the point is, you got to kill it. Are you listening to me? Because if you don't, it'll just come back up. And, uh, and thank God we can, amen? You say, yeah, but it's so, it's, it's so violent. Well, Jesus said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. I don't know about you, but I'm not real excited about that whole concept. Huh? Or if your hand offends you, cut it off. That's pretty, that's pretty severe, isn't it? But the point is, is that if you don't, it will come back and it'll kill you. You with me? I, um, I say, I share this and I'll close now because we're, we're out of time. But that was probably, I wasn't, um, I wasn't a very uh, defined person as a teenager growing up. I mean, I, what do I mean by that? I didn't have a lot of um, um, fortitude because I went with the world. Whatever the world's doing, let's do that, you know. But when I got saved and I gave my heart to Jesus, I knew that I had to do this, you know. I mean, I had to break away from everything that I had known in order to have this new life. And, and that's just the way it is, you guys. And, and I had a lot of uh, friends that they didn't. They got sucked back into it. And, and I'll tell you why. Because they, 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 they ran into some hard spots in their life, you know. And, and they didn't process it well. And so they ended up going back to their old lifestyle and their old ways. Huh? And it was a train wreck, you know. And so, fortunately, some of them, you know, we were able to restore and bring back out of it and different things. I know the storms of life, they're real, man. They come, and, 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 and if they can, man, they will, they'll turn you upside down. But thank God you don't have to do that. Are you listening to me? Now, the reason I bring all of that up is to conclude this story. You read it. It's in 17, 18, and 19 there in 1 Kings. But after this incredible victory that Elijah had... Ahab went home, remember Jezebel? And, and he told her, <laughs> you know, the prophet Elijah killed all the prophets. 
you know, and God showed up with fire. And <laughs> What's this woman do? She says, you go tell him. <laughs> she was mean. She said, this do the gods and more to me if I don't have his head on a platter by tomorrow. Well, now, Elijah's running, but it's not under the power of the Holy Ghost. He's running on his own. And he gets out and starts having a pity party. You know the story. And, and you got to ask yourself, dude, how can that happen? I'd ask you the same thing. When you think about your salvation... When you think about being a new creation in Christ, being filled with the Holy Ghost, come on now, and having been redeemed by the power of God and everything that God has entrusted to you, man, I mean to tell you, you don't have anything to be sorry about or you don't have a sad song that you need to sing because I'm telling you, God has delivered you with a great deli- a whole lot more than fire that came and consumed all of that altar and all of that sacrifice, man. He redeemed you and gave you new life. So when you're going down the road and Jezebel comes and says, I'm going to try to destroy your life, you say, no, you're not. You are not going to do that. You know, when, it, when the devil comes and says, your kids are this or that or the other, you say, no, in the name of Jesus. When he says, you're not going to make it, this and that and the other, you're not going to live, you're not going to this, you're not going to, you say, no, in the name of Jesus. Because praise God, he paid a price for you, man. Amen. Oh, God, help us. Let's pray. Help us, Father, to see these truths where our lives are concerned. And put away, Father, all of the things that are so petty and and unnecessary and so uh, foolish. Oh, Lord, help us to see and understand the life that you have given us as believers in the earth today. Father, let us not listen to the song of the world and all of the droning that goes on in in an attempt to try to uh, 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 put us to sleep and cause us to be in slumber. But Father God, I pray that you'll you'll raise up a bunch of giants in this church. Yes, that are zealous of good works that are seeing life from a completely different perspective. Lord, let them know, let them know, let them know, let them know that there is hope in you, Father. Such hope. Oh, heavenly hope. And God, I thank you, Father God, for making all things new. While your heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around, please. You know, if you're here today, and and I, I, you know, I'm just the delivery boy, quite honestly. But you know, if you got something in your life and you know it, I'm not fishing for anything. I don't care if any, nobody raises their hands. That's not the point. But if you can, if you can honestly acknowledge, dude, I, I've been embracing this. I've been petting this. I've been letting this go. I've been whatever, you know, however you want to describe it. And I realize this is not right. This is not part of God's plan for my life. But you'd say by your uplifted hand, hey, pastor, listen. You got my attention, and I, I want to change. Let me see your hand wherever you're at. Praise God. Hey, amen. All right, all right, good. Come on. You know, today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. This is when it's time to get rid. You know, <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
You know, while your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you know, those harsh words, well, I didn't mean it. Yeah, you did. And if you didn't, why haven't you told them? Why haven't you repented? Why haven't you said, I'm sorry? You know, God listens to every conversation that we have. He knows what we think. And he knows what we say. Now, he's here today to help you. And, but it starts with you. And, you know, it just means that you've got to humble yourself before him and say, you know, God, you're right. And I'm sorry. And then when we, you get done apologizing and repenting before him, then you need to talk about whatever it is with that other person. Anybody else before we pray? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank you. All right. We're going to have a great turnaround here today, you guys. We're going to behave ourselves wisely. We're going to listen to what the Spirit of God's saying. We're not going to let the devil in our house. We're going to live for him. Pray this prayer with me, church. Say this. Dear Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for what you've done to redeem me and to save my life. I ask you to forgive me, Father. And I ask you to show me the way you would have me to go. And I thank you for your grace that is so abundant and so loving. In Jesus' name, amen. It takes a big person to say that they're sorry and mean it. But you know, there might be those of you, you know, listen, listen, listen. What do you want? What do you want out of life? You, 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 you want your way? You want to say, well, I've been mistreated. You want to you hold on to that? You want to stay parked by that thing? Or, or do you want to make a change? Why don't we just say, you know, it doesn't make any difference who's right or wrong. And just say, I'm sorry. Because as long as you stay in that, the devil holds you. And you'll never, get, you'll never get out of it. And you'll be miserable and everybody else will be miserable around you. And, and what's so unfortunate, you guys, is, is that people end up with their lives being so jaded. You know, in, in the way that they think. And God does not want that. So if you got some correcting you need to do it do it give it up let it go again it, it, it's not about who's right or wrong this make any sense to you one more prayer let's pray one more time thank you father for enlightening us thank you for speaking to us Thank you for showing us that which we have need of. And God, my prayer is, is that every family, every individual, every couple, and all the kids will put a watch over their lives 
and give no place to the devil. Father, I thank you for bringing strength and joy and real godly happiness into these homes. God, may they be a great light, a great and shining, burning light. When people come into these homes, Father, may they sense the genuine love of God. I thank you for your presence, your presence, your presence. We invite you, Father. We invite you into our lives. We invite you into our homes. You are welcome here, Father. And we thank you for your blessing in Jesus' name. Everybody agreed with that, said amen. 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 Let's have happy homes. Amen? Amen? Let's have a good word. Let's not let corrupt communication come out of our mouth, but rather that which is good to the use of edifying so that it can minister grace to the hearers. Are you listening to me? That's the way to live. Hallelujah. Y'all glad you came today? You want to take up an offering? Let's do that too.